Welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. Today is February 6, 2023. 7.43 p.m. You might hear a little bit of a squeak. It's coming from my uh, right front, my passenger side. Fucking strut, I'm told see that there's a um, part of your automobile involves shocks, shocks bolt in. I I was educated the other day by a friend of mine whose family owns a tire company, big tire wholesaler, I think, and uh, he said that shocks don't necessarily, I mean, they do smooth out a ride, but really what they do is they keep the tires on the ground. So all those little perturbances, those little uh, bumps in the road, the shocks help to dampen those forces so that the tread stays on the road, and therefore you don't get uneven tread wear or your tires jumping around or any sort of instability, so it like balances things out, so there's bolt at the top and bolts at the bottom, there's strut, and basically... There's a little component that's kind of like there's a bushing, like a rubber bushing that is at the top to <clears throat> to prevent any sort of metal on metal, and that's kind of probably blown out a little bit, flattened, fucked up. Think about that in terms of your tracking, your the things that dampen your physical body, your step, your gait your locomotion, right? what dampens your <clears throat> mobility, and the answer to that is your muscles are a big dampening force, so if you have strong and flexible muscles, when you hit the ground, you know that the ground hits you back, physics, right, equal and opposite forces, throw a ball against the wall, it's going to bounce off similar velocity, you'll lose some momentum and heat, whatever, and the transfer, whatever, deformation, yada, 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 but <clears throat> that's the way it happens, right? Depending upon the objects we're talking about. So your muscles, the contractile elements, think about they contract and they relax. They contract and they relax. Think about when you're a little kid, when you could jump off of a top of a uh, foundation or a low wall or something like that you land on both feet how if you landed flat foot with your knees locked that would fucking hurt and shake your bones but if you were to land with a bent knee well your your muscles absorb some of the force have you ever seen like ninjas in the old movies where they jump over walls and climb up things and bound they're like acrobats, you know, so they, they use their muscles, the contractile shock absorbers of their muscles. They have elasticity, they have spring, they have force dampening. That's pretty neat. Look, I just <clears throat> I just related um, chiropractic care and your earth suit, your physical body, to the struts, the shocks of your car. And very soon, I will be getting my struts at least in the front of my truck here, 
I'll get them replaced and upgraded so that they'll be brand new. Mechanic asked me if I want to plan on keeping it. Yeah, it's got 117,000 miles on it. You know, when you turn a truck into a parking lot or, you know, driving around, negotiating all these <coughs> roads and shit, you see that the, you know, the rocking of the, of the vehicle as you turn or hit some bumps and shit like that, that takes uh, its toll. So this car is paid off and it's got 117,000 miles on, which is not a, a lot of uh, miles for a vehicle these days. And I plan on keeping this this truck for a very long time to come. I'm not ready to upgrade yet, although I've been looking at those new Broncos. <clears throat> Jacked up a little bit. We'll see. I love my truck. 5.7 liter. Black Betty here. Oh, Black Betty, bam, bam, Oh, Black Betty, bam, bam. <clears throat> okay, so I got another topic coming up here. Uh, talking about force dampening. Think about that. So, so I'm gonna get these shock absorbers replaced. Uh, get, I can get new tires. That'll help smooth the ride and get some shock absorbers replaced. Well, we can't really do that with our joints. You know, we can get joint replacement, but that's a lot of trouble to go through. Hopefully we won't have to do that, right? So we can get good footwear. Footwear would be like a force dampener, like getting new tires. How do we replace the shocks on our cars? Well, I mean, by analogy, in our body, our shocks. Well, we strengthen our muscles, we, we stretch, stretch our muscles keep ourselves in shape. Right? A long muscle, in other words, a flexible muscle, is more able to be um, strengthened. Got to be long to be strong, is what I say. So stretch your muscles, strengthen your muscles by doing things like isometric wall sits, you know, hamstring stretches, leg curls, hitting the gym, different types of cardio machines. You bend and extend. You bend and extend. You contract and you relax. All that shit. And your shock absorbers will be balanced and your tires won't wear prematurely and you'll be okay. Now, God forbid you have an inherent issue with your struts. You might have to get, you know, resort to more drastic measures like surgery, physical therapy, chiropractic care. You know, if that's what you got to do, and that's what you got to do. But even with some degree of impairment, say you got a joint replacement, hip replacement, knee replacement, once you get that done, you're typically even Steven. And now, if you can still use your muscles, strengthen your muscles, improve your blood flow, then you can maintain your mobility for the rest of your life. Long live, uh, live long, live fit, live and die fucking fast. You know what I mean, live long and die fast. That's what we should all be trying to do. <clears throat> An old boss told me that line. I think it's true. He was kind of a pecker licker. Um, aside from that, but he had some good quotes. He had some knowledge to his credit. Live long, die fast. Hope we all get that. 
opportunity. Um, let's talk about another topic here. <coughs> so, people complain about shit. You ever notice that? I love people. I really do. But they'll complain an awful lot about things that are just routine, that are typical. And you wonder why they keep complaining about this stuff. You know? There's a quote that I I don't have in front of me, but it, it really speaks to me. I think I posted a while back. It's basically this. If you say yes to something or you say no to something, you're still saying yes to it. What does that mean? Well, if you think you're saying no to something, but you're constantly bitching about it, then you are really saying yes to it. You're inviting that that something into your life. You're reinforcing that, that entity in your life. And... People don't get this. I don't think that they they notice it. Like, people complain about a lot of shit, right? Complain about the weather. All right? They'll complain about their family, their friends, their co-workers. They'll gossip. There's a part of human nature that likes this sort of thing. Humans love to gossip. They love to have, like, secrets. They love to know what's going on in other people's lives. And on some level, they like to see other people fail. Which is a really nasty characteristic when you think about it. Like, you want to see people not do well. Because you want to do well. You want to win, right? You, on some level, you want to, you know, this is why people, like, gather around and and love to, love to go to, like, Somebody they're complaining about their entire life, somebody they hate, but they can't wait to go to their funeral. You know what I mean? Because they want to be close to that loss, that emotion, that uh, experience. Isn't that interesting? I've, I've long noticed this sort of stuff. I mean, that's an extreme example, but you know what I'm talking about. People fucking hate each other, and then it's like time for to go to a uh, funeral, and they're like, "Oh, I loved him." And, I never got to tell him that, you fucking asshole. You hated that motherfucker entire life. You bitched and moaned about him all the time. Now we're supposed to, you know, believe that you are, <clears throat> that you, you know, that this is a heartfelt uh, sentiment of yours? Not likely. Right? So, um, think of some other examples of this, you know, but think about that though. If you say yes to something, then obviously you want that something in your life. But people say no, 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 but they keep on, their behavior speaks differently, right? Like they want to talk about this person or this thing or uh, work sucks so bad, you know, living the dream. You know, I had a guy, dude's like extremely well employed. And 
I just saw him the other day. He's, you know, he's complaining about his work. The guy's probably making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. You know? And, you know, not everybody loves their work. But, shit, man. It could always be worse. Like, other facets of life or my job or a situation that, that I don't enjoy? Of course. Like, here's an example. I deal with the public, right? I get people that come into me. They need care. They want my... They, they need my attention. They need my clinical expertise. They're seeking care with me. And I love what I do. You know, so it's in my best, their best interest to come see me for, with these problems, and I have the ability to fix them. Now, some people will leave you hanging. They'll make an appointment like they desperately need your help, and then they won't show. Or they'll pull some shit at the last minute. This, this husband called for his wife and said, oh, my wife said, you know, this is like 10 minutes before the appointment. My wife said that uh, you know, her, her stomach doesn't feel well. So you got a little bit of gas. You can't come and keep your appointment, right? Is like what I'm supposed to believe, right? Hold that thought. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. So people will complain about things. And when they, they're complaining about things, sometimes people have legitimate gripes, right? People like game of, but, but, but people, it gets out of hand and people will gamify their unhappiness. They will complain about things that have dominated their life, their world, their reality for, for decades. Complain about their spouse. They'll complain about bills they have to pay. Complain about the weather. Ah, it's cold. Yeah, it was really cold. Let me tell you something. We have fucking mild-ass winter. We have basically no precipitation thus far. It's February. February. They'll complain about pronunciation of February. I say February. And it's my birth month, you fucks. So I'll call it whatever I want. He'll complain about fucking anything. Lines, no lines. You know? I saw somebody... Um, there was somebody, apparently, on our community page in our neighborhood complaining about this new restaurant. It's called the Pizza Box. Fucking food is delicious. This is right across from Earl Bowl in... Um, Telford, Pennsylvania? Is it Telford or Souderton? Or it's, no, it's Erlington, right? Check this out. If you're local and you're looking for some good Italian food, whether it's pizza, sandwiches, salads, we tried it. We've eaten there a few weeks in a row now, and it's really good. It's good. Had some of the neighbors complain, get on this page and complain. Oh, yeah, well, they, were, you know, they weren't answering their phone, and you know, it was busy, and you know, so you know what? We're going to... Um, we went to such and such as pizza and, you know, they were happy to have our business. 
you assholes, this business just started. You know? Their food is delicious, and they're trying to test the waters as to what their volume is going to be, how much product they need. <clears throat> Would you rather have them rush an order that you're going to complain about? It's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know? Now, ironically, in talking about this subject, even I'm talking about it for because it's interesting to me. All right, so I'm not complaining. I think this is very interesting, intensely interesting. How people say that they don't want drama in their life, but all their lives are is drama. Or like there's somebody, for instance, I have, oh, I mentioned earlier, patients. I love all my patients. I have people that, you know, are inconsiderate on some level, that miss their appointments chronically, that are kind of nasty, or they're maybe overly needy. You're dealing with the public, man. Now, I, I, I will say that for all of their flaws and all of our flaws as human beings, somehow I love them all. I don't have to, you know, go home to them all at the end of the day, at the end of the week. So I'm glad for that. And that's by design, you know, like I tried to build a stable life. My heart goes out to people who don't have, you know, some degree of stability, some degree of peace in their life. But this is the way it is. Life is hard. And I just love these people. And I'm not going to complain about anything or anybody. In my, jo- in my job, in my office, it is about helping people, accepting people, healing people. Now, I'm not going to be abused. This is just an example. It's a very small example. For 99% of the people are awesome. But there are, you're dealing with people, get ready, for, you know, wear a fucking helmet. Because they're crazy and they're all over the place in terms of the distribution of of everything, of how kind, friendly, considerate they are. Okay? People have bad days. They come in out of the fucking storm that is this world, that is life on earth. And they're battered, man. It's like they're stepping in out of a fucking thunderstorm or out of fucking hail of bullets. They're stepping into you know, your establishment and they want you to make them happy whereas the rest of their day has been going like shit. I don't ex- I don't accept anything less than you know, I, I'm, I'm here to be shelter in the fucking storm. I, I prefer it like that. I love being your shelter in the storm. It gives me mission in this life. So I'm happy to say yes to, you know, sometimes crazy, unpredictable situations. Now, there are other places that, you know, situations where you work or whatever, and uh, things are that much crazier. So I got it made. I love what I do, but I'm just, uh, sometimes you encounter people who they complain about this, this fucking tiniest shit. And they think that they are saying no to that something. 
but they're really saying yes to it. Think of another example for that. A lot of it's about, a lot of it's pettiness when it comes to other people. You're telling me you're going to let that person come into your life and and shake you off of your foundation. Now, if it's overt, if it's a, a really dicey situation where somebody's being disrespectful or rude or inconsiderate and it really impacts you or your life or your work, well, then by all means, you know, hold that person accountable. But sometimes, you know, actually quite often you realize, wow, this is a trend for this person or this situation. It keeps happening. I don't think that there's anything that I'm going to do that is going to change that situation. So rather than let it drive me crazy or make me angry, I find a way to fucking ninja it. I find a way to freaking Bushido it, wave the warrior it, the jujitsu art of gentleness it, so that when somebody pushes me, I pull them. And when a situation tries to shake me off its foundation, I bend rather than break. I feel like people need to learn how to do that. Like, this is, it's really pointless and idiotic that, that, that people will, they'll get their feathers ruffled by the same old shit. You either change something. Or you change your perspective, the way you look at it. And if you really, if you really consider this, you know, if you look at this very closely, I think you will find that there's a lot of people who embrace this sort of thing. They embrace the same old situations. They embrace these trials and tribulations like they don't think they are they think they're denying it but really they're they're drawing that something in they're drawing in the chaos <clears throat> they're drawing in the struggle and the strife when when what they tell you is that they're trying to get away from it <coughs> you know like if you're on a crazy train at some point in time it's okay for you to get off on the fucking next train platform and decide, I'm not going to ride that those rails anymore. You know, as Ozzy Osbourne said, I'm going off the rails on a crazy train. He was probably talking about drug abuse or falling in love or chaos of being a heavy metal singer or all the above, knowing Ozzy. But, uh, Think about that. Going after rails on a crazy train. You might ask yourself, well, what happened today that, that you were, that this is so intriguing that you want to talk about this so much? It's just an observation. You know, something, um, you know, like anything, I talk about my day. You know, I'm not going to go home and talk to my family about this, so talking to the airwaves if you care to listen. That's great. I was listening to a great podcast over the weekend. I was driving back and forth to West Virginia for a seven-on-seven tournament with my son, and it was a great event, you know, 
I don't know why we had to drive for five hours <clears throat> one way. But it was a good experience. Sam did really well. Got to spend a little time with him and uh, listen to some podcasts. So I listened to the Andrew Uberman podcast. This guy is like a Stanford professor, cool guy, but smart and sh- fucking sharp as a tack as well. <coughs> so he was talking to Jocko Willink. It was a really good conversation and an examination of Jocko. He really talked about you know some of his strengths like discipline and uh, you know where he came, where his identity, his, his concept of self came from. Yeah, the SEAL teams and all that shit. Jocko's a pretty cool guy. It made me like him even more. Um, one of the things that they were talking about towards the end, which was, um, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Uh, disengagement. Something like that. That was the concept, like, taking yourself out of a situation, if you, if you use the analogy of, you know, at some point, him and his SEAL guys, they were doing some training, and they were all looking at this objective, and they were all looking through their peep sights, which are looking through the sights of their firearms uh, at this target, and there was a moment where, like, they got to this one point, and nobody, the leadership, didn't say anything, like, what to do next, and then Jocko he took his eyes off of his weapon, backed up off of the site, and saw the entire objective. And he saw in his peripheral vision that everyone else, including his leadership, was were looking right through their sights. And he said something like, hold right, clear left, which basically means like, okay, right side, stay put, and then the left side is going to open like a door, or close like a door, and <clears throat> clear objective, something like that, basically orienting the forces, you know, which he was one of them. He took the initiative and, like, disengaged and, like, zoomed out, looked at the big picture. A lot of people really, um, detachment, this is called detachment, said when people are in situations, they they get myopic, okay? They're looking through like a fisheye lens, like like a myopic. It's like it, it, myopia means nearsighted. So they only see what's right in front of them. In this case, perfect example, looking through the sights of a gun, you know, where you're really focusing on just, you know, a target. Let's say the bullseye of a target. But what if you were to look over your sights, and then back through them and see the entire scope of the battlefield and the objective. Huh? Hey, what's up, bro? hey, brother. Um, what do you see the entire objective over your sights? as you take your eye away from the peep site. And you can zoom out, you can see the things, the big picture for what it is. 
how cool is that? I'm just saying this whole conversation is like about how people should learn to do that because a lot of people are myopic. Are they suffering from myopia? In other words, they're just zooming in on these things. Oftentimes, they're problems, situations that they feel are like intractable, they can't solve. But if you zoom out and calm the fuck down and not let things bother you, you can really manipulate the situation to your benefit and stop panicking. You know? There's some things around my mind. I'm going to fuck inside. Love and respect.